Welcome to the Lonely Fan Sports Show. I am Josh Anderson. This is going to be episode 19. Before we talk about NFL, when I got started, it was towards the NFL season. And then so far, I've kind of just talked about Supercross results, but it's time to change it up. In this episode, we will be talking about the previewing the 2021 NHRA season. They are going to get started this season. And outside of the NFL, Supercross I love, but there is one sport outside of football and Supercross I extremely follow, and it is drag racing. I have loved drag racing since I was little. My uncle took me to my first drag race, I believe, in 1994. I went to the NHRA drag race in Brainerd. I fell in love with it there. Uh, I would, uh, when I was little, I would religiously watch old 1986 drag races, 84, 85, and then the uh, Diamond P. Uh, Anything I could get my hands on, um, I can't, I'm having a brain fart. Um, oh, they were called, and then they walked away, those uh, videos. So like the, the 90s, 90, 91, 92. So basically when you saw John Force crash in 92, and he was like pretty much lucky to be alive because he uh, he should have won the championship that year because he, he still was the best car, even though he was upside down, fire, anything. But uh, Cruz Pebergon still won that championship. Either way, uh, my first experience going to the NHRA was going to Brainerd in 94, 95. And then I didn't go for the longest of time, but I went there in 2001. I've been to... Uh, I went to Brainerd in 2018, and uh, yeah, 2018. Uh, I've been to Gainesville, the race we we're about to talk about, and I've also been an entire weekend for the Norwalk race, and that's a beautiful track to go to. So extensively, I have watched drag racing for years. My favorite all-time drag racer will be the King of Speed, Kenny Bernstein. That will never change. Uh, I have forever loved him. I got to see him win an event, and I, I it was one of my favorite races to ever watch him do it, and that was the 2001 uh, Brainerd event. He did go on to win that championship. I, I was so proud of it, and then one of the uh, I still have the VHS tape of him winning the 1994 NHRA Winter Nationals at Pomona when he went 314 miles per hour and beat uh, Corey Mack in that event. So overall, I have been an NHRA fan my entire life. I do plan on going to the NHRA this year when it goes to Brainerd uh hopefully hopefully COVID doesn't cancel that one again uh, well I, I will get to a little bit of the 2020 overview here in a little bit but um like I said I I, I love the NHRA even though it has there's been some 
mistakes that you know they've made along the way but overall NHRA is a solid company and they do put on a good product uh, I think I, I do favor I, I'm not really a NASCAR fan at this point you know throughout the years when I was when I was little I would watch the Daytona 500 and then I would check out but uh, the NHRA I will watch throughout the entire season uh, and, and in this case uh, I still do that, but now I don't even watch the Daytona 500. I have a hard time watching NASCAR in general, but the NHRA, I will watch every race. So that's why I will do uh, review pods for every NHRA race that happens, and there is one this season. So for 2020, the NHRA had an extremely tough year like everybody else, but they weren't expecting to have a their title sponsor to want to break their contract early. Uh, I, I don't I mean they understood that probably Coca-Cola was not going to renew their contract going forward. Um, that was expected. So they were gonna have to find a new title sponsor. Uh, so they, from the what NHRA's perspective, what they did, or what Cokes did from the NHRA's perspective, is use the pandemic, ended their contract a few years early, so which is not normal for the NHRA, and they decided to sue Coca-Cola through a federal lawsuit in California. I, I, this is NHRA announced. This is the first time that they've ever done this, and I believe this is true. The NHRA, you know, people have criticized decisions they have made, how they've run their business in terms of how operating or competitively, but in terms of sponsorships and stuff, I've never heard criticisms or read anything like that. So, uh, it's been pretty silent on where the direction has come for the NHRA, but uh, the owner of Camping World was pretty open on getting a sponsorship done, and it was pretty quickly on the agreement. And so in 2020, it is now the NHRA Camping World Series. We will see how long that investment lasts. Hopefully it lasts a long time because the NHRA has not had a lot of problems for title sponsors. They went from Winston cigarettes to right to having Coca-Cola. So hopefully this camping world uh, one lasts. Obviously, for example, NASCAR has had, NASCAR has had, um, they had the cigarette companies and now they've kind of have gone through different title sponsors now for a while. So hopefully the NHRA doesn't have to have that uh, issues. Obviously through the pandemic, they had to lower the purses and stuff like that. Now that they are able to have fans, now they probably aren't going to have the amount of fans. So it'll be interesting to see what the purses will be they i haven't read much about where the purses are going to be you really have to look up that information to find it but either way hopefully the rider or sorry riders hopefully the drivers are paid decent amount of money uh you, you the one thing about 
you know, you have like a uh, in in dirt bike racing, you you have like a Mathis or you have uh, certain podcasts to listen to, so you can hear how much uh, individuals are paid and um, how you can you, you can or even NASCAR, you can see how much they they win per race and stuff, but. NHRA, you you don't really hear how much they actually get paid. The only time you actually get to see anything is when whoever's a champion gets the five hundred thousand dollar check. Other than that, you kind of don't really see much, and so it's kind of a hard figure to actually see how much they actually get to, you know, if if they make that much money at all. But either way. Uh, hopefully the series gets healthy and more fans go throughout the season. So when we look at the 2020 season, uh, they got the first couple of races in. Uh, Steve Torrance did not race the first race. Now he had the controversy at the end of the year, uh, making contact with a different driver. Uh, there was some questions if uh, if he was going to be suspended or if the NHRA was going to make him do some type of anger management. So that led to Doug Coletta having a pretty substantial points lead, and that led to Steve Torrance not you know having a big deficit. And throughout the year, well, then they had the whole. Well, they actually got the second race in at Arizona, like they normally do, but then they went through the long halt because of COVID. So throughout the season, that they announced that they weren't going to do the countdown to the championship. For the point system was going to go towards the old system, which they haven't ran in 15, 20 years. Which, look, here's the deal: if I'm always going to be in favor of the old point system. That's just me. Uh, you, it should be a whole season-long grind, but you know they 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 want to gear towards more rating system or for TV ratings and such. But my emphasis is you, you're going to have your core audience, and uh, people are going to watch if they're going to watch. But look, if if you're going to have a system for people to watch. You know, I, I think the countdown system or the original chase format, which is kind of what the countdown system is, is going to be the best system that you are going to have. So with that said, because of COVID, they ended up going to the older style system, which that actually benefited uh, Steve Torrance. He got hot and was able to build... Uh, this is top fuel, by the way. I should have specified that for top fuel. Uh, he was able to build back up a lead, and he actually won his third championship, and he basically won the championship by 193 points. And Doug Coletta, again, even though he was spotted over a hundred point lead ended up losing almost by 200 points that extremely has to be disappointed for Doug Coletta uh, we'll get to the preview I'll talk about more what I what I expect but uh, Doug Coletta finished second Billy Torrance finished third Leah Pruitt finished fourth Antron Brown fifth Sean Langdon sixth just Justin Ashley 
finished seventh. Clay Milliken eighth. Tony Schumacher in a revival ninth, and Terry McMillan finished tenth. That is how the Trump-gated 2020 season ended in top fuel. Uh, the one thing that you have to look at for, which was a little bit awkward in the whole NHRA, is that they raced a lot of races in Indiana before moving on. I feel that a lot of races maybe could have happened, but they just they stayed in Indiana before moving on to. Uh, they finished off in a few different areas, but either way, um, that was the NHRA's decision to make everyone feel safe. And, um, you know, that was their decision. So, uh, good for them. Uh, NHRA, your 2020 NHRA 2020 uh, Funny Car Champion was Matt Hagen. Uh, good for him on winning his next championship. He is an extremely talented driver. Uh, Tommy Johnson Jr. and Jack Beckman. Here, I'll just get to him now. Or I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait a little bit. But uh, they finished second and third for Don Schumacher Racing. Uh, Ron Caps was fourth. Tasca was fifth. J.R. Todd was sixth. Wilkerson was seventh. Alexis DeShoria was eighth. Paul Lee was ninth. Cruz Pepergon was tenth. Uh, the one thing that uh, this... So John Forrest Racing, uh, due to contract language, did not finish the season. Uh, he was worried about budgetary. It sounded like in the off season they, uh, which we'll get to their team in the preview, but in the off season, it sounds like they uh, sh- uh, uh, reduced some staff, closed down or not closed down the, uh, they uh, reduced the budget quite a bit so that they could be competitive for this year. So it looks like they. Uh, Hopefully the team is good and they maybe get sponsors the back half of the year. And the uh, hopefully the economy gets better in restrictions and in some places. Your 2020 Pro Stock Champion, if my computer would load correctly, uh, I believe was Erica Enders. She, yep, Erica Enders. She was, this would be her fourth uh, professional championship, her second in a row. Uh, she now becomes, I think, in my view, the most successful women's driver. Uh, and this includes uh, any type of motorsport. Of all, she's the most successful woman of or woman of all time. Uh, there is no debate. Uh, you know, you know, she had some controversy with you know Greg Anderson, which. He really didn't want to be losing to her. He kind of made a point of emphasis on that. Many, many interviews. But um, overall, he uh, he was kind of the flashpoint for all that topic. And she has realistically hasn't lost a step. Uh, going to the newer style uh, car, she kind of went down, went down a little bit competitively. But overall, she's kind of... Found that spark. Uh, Jason Line and Jed Coughlin finished second and third in points. They will now not be in competition in 2021. Both of them now are retired. Uh, I was maybe maybe in 2021 they might have changed their plans because of COVID, but it's it doesn't sound like that they are. So sad for that. But uh, Jason Line is going to be more of the head engineer 
for the team for KB Racing. So good for him. Uh, Greg Anderson finished fourth. Matt Hardford fifth. Alex Laughlin the sixth. Aaron Stanfield the seventh. Uh, Chris McGahey was eighth. Bull Butner was ninth, and Derek Kramer Derek Kramer was uh, tenth. And lastly, for the professional class was um, uh, Pro Stock Motorcycle and uh, Matt Smith. Matt Smith was your uh, champion. Uh, a lot of people thought it was going to be a Harley Davidson, but it was not. Uh, Eddie Kravick just didn't get enough wins. Uh, Matt Smith was the champion, and uh, Angie Smith won the final race of the year. She got fifth in points, but she announced that uh, her retirement during her last race of the year, so she is not going to be racing, but good for her on getting a win. That, that's the reason why I brought her up in that. But Matt Smith won another championship for him, got the bonus there. Eddie Krabic got second in points. Scotty Polichek got third. Andrew Hines got fourth. Uh, Angie Smith got fifth in points. Angel Zampe got sixth. Ryan O'Lear got seventh. Steve Johnson, the old crafty vet, got eighth. Hector Arana Jr. got ninth. And Jerry Savoie got tenth. And that is how the main... Uh, that is actually how the main what people really go for for the NHRA, all the all the pro categories. The one shout-out I will do for the Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series for, like, the Top Alcohol uh, Dragster and the Top Alcohol Funny Car, I will say for the Top Alcohol uh, Dragster is that Megan Meyer, she went back-to-back -back in her championship. She uh, defeated Shane Cowie, who was uh, won the championship in 2018. Uh, she announced that her retirement. Uh, she won two championships, and she is going to be ha having a. Uh, she's now a child, but overarching, uh, she won two championships in the class, and she is now done. Uh, her sister, I believe, is still going to be racing, but over in general. Uh, the very talented Miss Megan Meyer is uh, done and moving on in life. And uh, congrats to her on all of her career achievements. And uh, I wish the best for her. All right. Um, regarding now the 2021 season, it, you know, it's it's going to be a very... It's, it's going to be interesting in how the season unfolds for the drag racing Obviously, um, the 2021 season is starting later this year. Uh, normally, the first two races would have already have happened. Uh, usually, the first race is in California, and then the second race is in Arizona. But because of California's COVID restrictions and that Arizona is still not really fan-friendly right now, uh, the first race of the season is going to be in Gainesville Raceway for the Gator Nationals, which is exciting. I love the track. Uh, it's a fast track. It's going to be exciting. Now, there are always going to be chan chances for rain, but it's going to be exciting for the first race of the season. This is going to be the only race in March for the NHRA. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go through the schedule outside of that. 
there's going to be like well one race leads in the may but there's going to be roughly three races in april uh if they're hoping that California will redu- uh, let some stuff go, and they are announcing that some stuff in California is good to go. So um, I'm guessing the Lucas Oil NHRA Winter Nationals is going to happen at Pomona. That's going to be April 9th through the 11th, and then they're going to have the in Vegas. If Vegas is good to go, the Four Wide Nationals uh, is going to happen, and then the Atlanta race is 30th through 2nd. And then North Carolina, four wide nationals. And then they're going to hit Texas, which uh, Texas is already in Houston, which they already had Supercross races inside the stadium. This is going to be outside, so I'm guessing this is going to be wide open. Uh, Virginia in June, New England dragway. This is, this is when you're going to get Ohio in the summertime in June. Uh, Colorado has an outdoor race. Already had out- outdoor races in the summer. So in July, uh, another California race. I have to believe. And then um, August will be Topeka, Kansas. And then Brainerd will be August 18th through 22nd. I will be attending that race. Hopefully exciting. So either way, the schedule hopefully will finish in November. I didn't go through the whole schedule, but... Uh, Hopefully, they want to end it in November. Hopefully, the schedule pretty much starts is back to normal by the 2022. I, I hope to God. I'm getting real sick of these COVIDs. I'm getting sick of masks. I just want life to go back to normal. Uh, the television schedule for the Amelial Gator Nationals. Uh, the qualifying is going to be on FS1 on uh, Saturday uh, 3 to 5 Eastern on FS1 and then looks to be that the finals are going to be on noon to 3 on Fox and then on Thursday March 25th the sportsman stuff is going to be on from 8 to 9 Eastern on FS2 and then the pro mod stuff is going to be on April 1st that's going to be a little bit of a distance from 7 to 7.30 on FS2 so if you like NHRA drag racing, please go to the events if you can. And then uh, um, uh, and then watch the stuff on TV because they, they need all the f- fan support that they can. All right, so for the previews for the 2021 season, uh, the well, for this Gator Nationals, when I'm looking at, sorry, going backwards again. Uh, when I look at the event calendar, it's a little bit of a modified schedule still. It looks to be only three qualifying sessions, which is different. Uh, Thursday is the standard uh, sportsman stuff. And then Friday, it's uh, qual- uh, alcohol dragsters will have two sessions. And then only one nitro session on friday normally it's two but maybe they're just trying to reduce on costs and then saturday will be two nitro sessions so like i said they're probably just trying to help on costs on the teams which is fine and then sunday they have a lot more racing on sunday which they have so uh 
8.15, I'm guessing that's uh, Eastern. They have a bunch of racing, even Pro Mod Round 1, because they probably have such a tight schedule in here that they are probably just trying to get early morning racing in because usually Pro Mod would be Round 1 would be on Saturday, but they're probably just trying to squeeze it in on Sunday because that, that's, that's an extremely long list to try to get it in. But either way, it's a full schedule, full of everything. So here we go, previewing the... Uh, 2021 schedule and competitors. Uh, returning champion will be Steve Torrance. He will go for his fourth championship in the row. One could argue it should be his fifth, but he is the most dominating guy since uh, uh, the Sarge, Tony Schumacher. Uh, either way, uh, not much has changed for Steve Torrance other than... Um, He's got at least big, huge emotional support since uh, Dom Lagana is going to be in attendance for these races. He is back on the team since he uh, lost his legs in the horrific car accident that he was in. That's got to be great support. Uh, you know, I, I have to believe that if everything is firing on all cylinders, that the momentum is going to continue with Steve Torrance if the team and everything is going to stay intact. I really don't see anything that's going to be different this coming season for Steve. Um, the, only, the only thing that maybe can change is possibility two things. If uh, if he starts, if Justin, Ash, I just, Justin Ashley is a wild card here. Because last year, Justin Ashley was starting to look great. And uh, the one thing about Justin Ashley is is that he's fast on the lights. And that's how that started to affect like the Doug Colettas and a few other people last season. And that, that really started to affect uh, the points. So if Justin Ashley can get some early uh, wins on like maybe Steve Torrance and a few others that can that can affect some points but the one thing about Justin Ashley is that the the, the performance has to be there and if the performance ain't going to be there because Steve Torrance is going to run the number all the time and it, it because there are a few races out of the year that that Torrance will lose in the first round in, in, inexplicably, but normally uh, his his uh, reaction times are good and his numbers are usually always solid. So, uh, coming in uh, at the number two will be Doug Coletta. Um, I feel bad for Doug. Uh, obviously, last season or the season before, uh, he had a crew chief change. Uh, you know, and he. His performance actually went a little down uh, after the crew chief change. Um, just, I mean, the car got more consistent. Uh, but overall, I think for the entire speed-wise, the car did not go as fast as maybe a Steve Torrance. So that does hurt him. I think that Doug Collettis always starts the seasons extremely strong, especially at the Winter Nationals. And he tends to sometimes go through a little bit of a streakiness where you start off the season strong 
and then he'll have a weak point, and then he may have a little bit of a stretch where he's strong again, but then he has another point where he's weak, and those ebbs and flows that he tends to have is why he has never been a top field champion. And I thought last year was going to be the one year where he started off with a over a hundred point lead on Steve Torrance, and it, it it really didn't happen. So I just have a hard time on a full 22, 23, 24 race season that he is going to magically do it this season. And I, I like Doug; he has won a lot of races, but in general, though, I just I, I just don't see it coming into the season. Uh, Billy Torrance is entered into this race. I, I don't know if he's going to do a full season. I have yet to see him do a full season. Some races he does beat Steve. Uh, he does. Uh, I think it's all more about the car, but he, he does have talent too. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, Antron Brown is uh, his car number five uh, for top fuel. Uh, for Antoine Brown, it's going to be an interesting case to see how the car is going to be this year. Over the last few years since he's won his championship, the car has been extremely inconsistent. Uh, a lot of tire smoke, uh, uh, just a lot of performance issues, a lot of breakdowns, uh, and a few crashes in there, and Steve Torrance has owned him. Uh, Antoine is extremely talented. He is the outside of James Stewart. He is the most successful African-American uh, driver in all of American motorsports or motorsports in the world. Uh, you know, and it, it, it's it's odd that he continues to have all these problems smoking the tire. It's not him in general, but the team in general just seems to have a lot of smoking the tires issues and uh, just a lot of breaking of parts. And it, a lot of it has been since he's won his last championship and it has it, and a lot of it has been a lot of early round exits. And I, I just, I don't know what the, I don't know what that is about, but until that's addressed and fixed, he's going to be not have a chance to win a championship. Uh, next up is Justin Ashley on the entry list. Justin appears to be an extremely talented driver. Uh, he gets off the light very fast. Uh, his car can run a number if, if he needs to. Uh, the one thing about Justin is if he can run a full season and stay up top. Uh, he is uh, a driver to be feared. So I, I uh, will have to see if he can do it for an entire year. Uh, Clay Milken is next up. Uh, Clay is, he, he actually follows me on Twitter, which is awesome. He's probably, when I first started tweeting, he was probably one of the uh, most famous people at the time. Uh, I don't really have that many famous people following me, so he actually he is probably the f most famous person that actually does follow me. But with that said, I, I love Clay. He's a fun personality to listen to. Uh, he does, does can write, can run a number. Uh, like with Doug, he just he, he uh, well a little less than Doug. He'll have a few races where he'll be he'll have good times and everything. He just he just sometimes just 
doesn't run the quickest of numbers. He'll just run a little bit slower or he'll just have a little bit worse reaction time and then he'll lose. So uh, it's just a continual thing. Now, if he can improve upon that, he does have a chance to maybe finish second and third in the points. But I, I just don't see a championship for Clay. I, I just, I've never viewed him as a championship uh, potential. That's just my viewpoint on Clay. But he, he's an awesome personality guy. I love him watching him. He, he gives off energy. I just, I just don't think that um, 2021 is going to be for uh, Clay Milligan. Uh, Josh Hart. I don't know much about him. He's lined up in the entry list. So is uh, Joe Morrison, Arthur Allen, Todd Payton. Um, Sean Lagnon is going to be the other DHL Coletta Air car. Uh, Sean Langdon is happy to be. I know I've read in interviews that he is happy to be back in top fuel. Uh, I know his stint in Funny Car did not go as he had liked, but in general, he is a former top fuel champion and he is happy to be back in top fuel. It'll be interesting to see if uh, any of the. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if any of the. Doug Coletta type problems persist in Sean Langdon, Langdon, but uh, we'll just we'll just have to see. But um, uh, Mike Butcher, I don't know much about him. Uh, Krista Baldwin is making her debut uh, in uh, the class. Uh, then we have Doug Foley. He is another mainstay privateer. Uh, and then we have the a few more drivers. Uh, Brittany Force, she's making her return to the class after stepping out. Uh, I said earlier that uh, John Force just was a little weary in how contracts and the team decided as a whole to pull back. And I, you know, people may criticize that decision, but you know, John. John is a you know he loves drag racing, but John is a businessman. And him and Robert Height made the made the, made the decision, and you can't criticize him for that. So with that said, Brittany Forrest is making her return. She's an extremely talented ri- driver. Uh, we'll have to see if there's any layoff for her for missing the time away. Uh, she is a one-time champion, and she does have a chance to win another championship. Uh, you know, she could get on a hot streak. She has beaten Steve Torrance before, and she can do it again. Uh, she is uh, probably my number three pick to win the championship, if, or at least the number two at best, if uh, Steve Torrance stumbles at all. Uh, speaking of Brittany, the one driver that is not listed on this is uh, Mr. Proc, Austin Proc. Uh, apparently... Because John Force Racing Racing decided to downsize, uh, just uh, the car is going to be there. It's just sitting there because they just don't have the funding or sponsorship. They're hoping later on. Uh, Austin Proc took a different uh, role with the team, and when the funding gets there, funding gets there, uh, he will be back in the car. But you you really can't blame them. But at this point, uh, he uh, Austin Proc will not be at round number one. Um, I, I think I said Doug Foley. 
Uh, Leah Pruitt is uh, back in the car for DSR. She will be returning. She's a very talented driver, uh, very, opinion very opinionated, very smart. Uh, she does have a chance to win this championship. Uh, like with Doug, um, she kind of, she, when she wins, it, they're very dominating fashion. She just, she just sometimes has kind of low points in the season that she needs to curb. And when, if she's able to find those ways to curb the low points in the season, she will have a chance to win a championship and be able to Steve Torrance. And that's something that a lot of the drivers have that, may, like, Steve Torrance might have a round one loss. And, and, and that happens. But when he's just having one and all these other drivers are having three to five one, first to second round losses... You're not going to beat Steve, no matter what you think you're going to do. And that's the type of thing that a lot of these drivers are doing. So uh, that's the Top Fuel uh, preview. Now we're going to move on to uh, Funny Car, where the defending champion, Matt Hagen, will be the have the number one on the side. Uh, he's going to come in with all the momentum without having any of the John Forrest cars. He is going to be the premier him and Ron Caps. Ron Caps is going to have his standard 28 on the on the side of the car. Uh, those two are going to be the premier cars for uh, uh, Don Schumacher Racing. Like John Force, they had to downsize with uh, the team because of the COVID and sponsorships. Uh, Tommy Johnson Jr. and um, Fast Jack Beckman had to be released from the team, even though they finished second and third in points, and Jack Beckman had won a championship in the past. Uh, that's an extremely tough decision, and they don't have the money to uh, fund their own teams, so they, uh, they're they gone, and, and it's really, really sad. But um, Napa has been tied to Ron forever, and Matt is has his team and sponsorships. So, and Matt Matt's the champion and a multi-time champion at, at best. And Ron and Napa wants Ron because that's that's those two are paired together. So with that said, those two team uh, those two will be for Don Schumacher Racing for um uh for for, for fuel funny car. Uh, Robert Tasca is going to do another full season. He brought Ford back in 2019, which is awesome to see. Uh, obviously, Ford left the sport when it uh, kind of... Uh, I, I really don't know why. They were just doing... When they kind of cut John Force out, it was kind of like, what, what are you guys doing? But they made their decision, and that was on them. But either way, uh, Bob Tasca is going to bring kept them here, and they're going to stay here. Bob had a pretty solid season last year. Uh, Tasca in years past would be always be kind of a borderline kind of a guy in the countdown for the championship. But last season, I obviously the John Forrest racing cars were not there, but 
In general, he performed extremely well, and he made two multiple semifinals and would be racing well. And he needs to move on from this and uh, be able to make the countdown in 2021. Uh, Tim Wilkerson is next. Uh, Timmy, he needs to make sure that he qualifies well. He, Tim Wilkerson, uh, Tim Wilkerson, and any like uh, Jim Head cars. I guess uh, Blake it looks like Blake Alexander, by the way, is going to be riding in uh, Jim Head cars. Uh, it doesn't matter who's in Jim Head cars. This this uh, even though Blake's going to be in that vehicle, um, they need to be qualifying better because Jim Heads like uh, Jim Heads or Tim Wilkerson's funny cars will run great numbers. Uh, they will run awesome numbers, but the problem is is that they tend to not qualify well. And then when they go up against somebody, they'll just lose by a little bit in the first round. And so then they they do that constantly throughout many races through the year. So then they just don't make the countdown for a championship. And then when you don't make the countdown, you don't get additional sponsors. So it just it's just a wheel that just keeps on spinning and spinning and spinning and goes nowhere. So for Wilkerson... He, he can do well, and I understand that he is a single-car team, and he wants to do that. He likes tuning his vehicle, or sorry, tuning his car. But at some point, you need to start qualifying better, and you need to perform on Sundays if you really want to start making a difference. And he's been doing it long enough. He needs to be doing it. And the same thing goes for Jim Head. He likes doing it, and we all love the history of Jim Head. But at some point, you need to start qualifying better, and you need to start performing better on on Sundays. Uh, Cruz Pepergon is um, he? Uh, I saw on Twitter the other day he uh, showed out his new wrap for his new Snap On, and he also uh, signed a new contract with Snap On, which good for him. Uh, I I I'm not I won't lie to you. I, I was always a, a John Force guy over Cruz guy when I was younger. I, I just was. The one thing I will say about Cruz is he, he his performances need to get better. And, and this, I will say, for Tim Wilkerson does have performance issues. And he is a single-car team. And his, his issues are different from Cruz Peppergun. And it's just that he needs to... Uh, he he's his performances are not his cars not are not running to the level of a Matt Hagen or a John Force or anyone. So it looks like that it was reported that he hired the entire Don Schumacher group that from um, Tommy Johnson Jr.'s group that was laid off because obviously they, they didn't have the funding. Well, that's awesome that you took that group, but that also means that you took that talent. So hopefully that translates into your performance getting better. And if your car performance stays where it was, then Cruz really needs to look in the mirror because there's something definitely wrong. So that's where I look to be uh, at Cruz. Um, Paul Lee is signed up the race, and Terry Haddock is. Uh, Dave Richards, John Smith... Uh, Blake Alexander, I mentioned. Uh, Mike McIntyre. Uh, J.R. Todd, former Funny Car Champion, is 
lined up the race. Uh, we'll have to see how he does. Obviously, he had a disappointing uh, championship defense when uh, he tried to defend it. And then um, uh, Chad Green, James Campbell, uh, and Bobby Bode. Bode, sorry, is racing. Good for him. Uh, he always. It's been a while since he, uh, Bobby Bode, actually uh, did anything. It's been a little bit, but uh, hopefully he does. Uh, Alexis Azoria, uh It will be her second year since returning back from racing. Uh, hopefully uh, she continues to do well. Uh, she, uh, her, I believe, there she got her kids growing up and everything. Then it's the return of John Force Racing. We will see how many more years John Force has. I would love to see him win another championship. We'll have to see if any of the layoffs had anything, if anything to do with him being, uh, um, any slowdown of him. The one thing for John, you know, his the later years for John and his um, struggling to win, is he has to qualify better. And that's a theme for a lot of these guys. And he needs to not lose in the first round because that when when he doesn't win the championship is when he loses in the first round. And sometimes he does have a knack to lose in the first round. So we'll have to see if that happens. And then Robert Height, the 2017 and 19 champion, obviously... He looked good in 2020 before he left. Uh, we'll have to see if he is able to keep that momentum. Uh, hopefully, he it'd be awesome to see if he can. Uh, but again, I, I am not going to be sure of that. But um, either way, it's going to be a very competitive funny car field. Even uh, we do, we do have full fields in top fuel and funny car, so three qualifying sessions for each. So. All right, moving on to uh, Pro Stock here. Uh, the field, as I said, is going to be uh, change over here is coming, obviously, because I pre I said before, uh, Greg Anderson and uh, sorry, not Greg Anderson. I apologize. Uh, uh, Jason Line and uh, Jack Hofflin are now both retired. Uh, and Bo Butner announced uh, he is now no longer coming back either. So those are three extremely talented individuals. So obviously when you're having three senior members of the class retire, that's going to put a hole in the field. So you're going to need replacement drivers and you're going to need people to you know, gain fandoms. So, there's, so you're, it's going to be a little bit before you can find new, new drivers. But you know every business, every class goes through this. Um, like in, in Supercross right now, the 250 class, you're going to have to have new riders are going to come up and new drivers in, in the pro stock class, you're going to have this, but for your champion, Erica Anders, the four time champion is coming back. Uh, she has to be the favorite to win, especially with Jason and Jake gone. Uh, she has to be the favorite the winner number five and it would be unbelievable for her to win number five and uh she would be doing something that 
only Warren Johnson or Bob Glidden had done if she can get to number five. So I'll be cheering her on, and hopefully she can do it. Uh, Her strongest competition is going to be Greg Anderson, which he is going to go for the all-time pro stock wins list, which I believe is being held by either Bob Glidden or uh, Warren Johnson. So we'll just have to see if he can get that. Uh, The rest of the class uh, is going to be, so far lined up, is Matthew Hartford, Aaron Stanfield, Chris McGahey, Richie Stevens Jr., uh, Alex Laughlin, Derek Kramer, Alan Pruszynski, uh, Kyle Kurtz—I can't pronounce that—Val uh, Semland, uh, John Gadosh, Bob Benza, uh, Kenny Delco, uh, Troy Coughlin Jr. is going to be in the class, so obviously he's going to be replacing Jay Coughlin. Uh, Mason McGahey, uh, he, he is going to be in the class. Uh, Dallas Glenn. Uh, Fernando Kudra, uh, Christian Calda, uh, Fernando Calda, and John Callahan. So either way, I will get a pronunciation on that. I just wish I had diacritics like I did in broadcasting class. Very professional of me not to pronounce that. But, um, you know, hey, this is just a fan podcast. Lastly, I will talk about is the um, is going to be the uh, pro stock motor- motorcycle class. Uh, it it's uh, there's going to be some uh, it, it's going to be an interesting class because right now there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. There are 21 bikes signed up, but, but, Eddie Krawick or Andrew Hines are not on the entry list. And this is kind of something that happened on the, uh, um, uh, something happened with Harley Davidson where they are kind of pulling all their funding for the racing. And it's kind of disappointing. This affects the American Flat Track Series, and this also affects the NHRA Drag Racing Series. So this affects Eddie Krawick and Andrew Hines, and they are not going to be racing. So this is the first time in 20-some-odd years that uh, Harley-Davidson is not going to be on the track. And, you know, this sucks because, you know, these drivers are going to, uh, they may bitch and complain that maybe an unfair advantage, but you know what? Matt Matt Smith straight up beat beat them. Uh, there are amplitude of other drivers that beat these guys, multitude of years, and they're now gone. And you bitched and bitched and bitched, and because of the pandemic, two guys are not making any money and now are out of jobs. So. Uh, Matt Smith is returning. Obviously, he is going to be the, the defending champion. I have to believe that he is going to be a strong favorite to win this championship. Uh, he can focus on himself. Obviously, his wife 
I guess, oh, his wife, I thought his wife is going to be retiring, but looks like she's going to be racing. I legitimately thought that she was going to be retiring. I guess she's on the entry list. Scotty Palachuk is on the list. I, I've always enjoyed his uh, commentary when he's being interviewed. Uh, Andre, uh, Angie Sampe, uh, I w- looks like she's going to be on the Suzuki, and she's got Vance and Hines sponsorship, even though that uh, she's not going to race Harley. I would love to see her win a race, and I would love to see her win the championship. I, that would be awesome. Uh, Ryan O'Hare. Oler is uh, signed up. Steve Johnson, the crafty veteran. He's going to be on a 13 Suzuki. Uh, Hector Arana Jr. is signed up. Gerald Savoie is signed up. David Barron, Chris Bostick, uh, Michael Phillips. Oh, my God. I remember when he won an event in 1993. Uh, James Underdog, Corey Reed, Karen Stauffer. Joy Gladstone, John John Hall. Wow, I haven't seen that name in a long time. Kelly, and then um, but I think the class is going to be extremely hurt because of the lack of the uh, just it just sucks when there's no uh, um, there's no Harleys. Uh, so far, there's going to be 18 top alcohol dragsters, but looks to be only uh, eight top alcohol funny cars. That kind of sucks. Uh, that's terrible. But uh, looks to be quite a few cars. There's 34 for comp. Uh, the only other headline that I read that the uh, contract is up for the um, uh, top fuel Harley. Uh, so... Uh, some of the riders that are going to be there, uh, right now there is nine on the entry list. The guys that are going there are basically going there just to have fun. Uh, there's no sponsorship for the class, so right now there's actually no, pretty much no purse for the class. Uh, the NHRA is seeking sponsorship for the class. Uh, there, so when you have eight riders that are eight drivers for the class, there there is support for the class, and the class is fun. And I... You know, the pro mod class for years kind of had to go through this, and uh, the the one thing that the pro mods endured it, they did it, they got through it. They it just eventually somebody put up for the sponsorship, and you know I think the NHRA just put their hands up saying, "Fine, we'll just deal with it. We'll get it done." And they did it because the Pro Mod class, I think, should be more of a featured class than Pro Stock. That's just me. But either way, show the Pro Mod class, class please. Oh, speaking of Pro Mod and, uh, oh, yeah, and Harley Davidson. But speaking of Pro Mod, I forgot to announce that class. Uh, Steve Steve Jackson is uh, returning. He is a champion. And then uh, uh, Brandon Snyder is number two. Khalid Al-Balushi is number three. Chad Green, five. Clint Satterfield, Alex Laughlin. Tricky Ricky Smith is lined up. Jose Gonzalez, Lyle Barnett, and uh, there are a lot. Jim Whitley is in that. It'll be, tw- I mean, when you look at the Pearl class, there are 26 entries. That is just astonishing to me. Ah, uh, yikes. 
All right, well, that is the NHRA preview. Uh, thank you for listening to this. Uh, I will be doing review pods for NHRA races, so I'll go through qualifying the race results. Um, there's not too many NHRA podcasts out there, and I am very well aware of that. Uh, there, there's, there are pretty much just a few of them, but... Like I said at the opening, I do enjoy NHRA. It is fun to talk about. It is fun to talk about the results. Uh, you know, I uh, I don't mind the broadcasts on FS1. I think uh, I, I, I understood the complaints when they were on ESPN. Uh, you didn't know when the broadcasts were going to be on because sometimes whenever... Whenever softball was on or some baseball was on, the the broadcast was going to be on all over the place. And I could hear that complaint also when Supercross was on because it was like, come on. But at least when, when the broadcast is on FS1, it's going to be consistent. And they've actually, you know, they take the effort and time to make sure it's going to be put on. And the pro- production is gone. Uh I, I originally I didn't miss Dave Reef, but I do, I do like the new guy. And then I, I didn't think Tony Prevergon was going to be good in the booth. I, I thought it was going to be a train wreck, and originally he was. But I, I will fully, fully give Tony Prevergon credit. He's gotten better every single year. He's very knowledgeable, and he's, he's good to listen to. That doesn't mean I don't miss Mike Dunn. But uh, Tony has gotten better every single year, and he knows what he's talking about. And he sounds—he actually does sound—he he sounds well, and he doesn't really sound that uh, like uh, he doesn't let his ego get in the way, which I enjoy. Unless I could be mistaken, but at least Tony calls it as it is, and uh, that, and that's good because that's something that you need in the booth and. I hopefully that doesn't go away. So uh, coming up, uh, I am actually going to do a Wanda Vision podcast here. Going to do something a little different. Um, I, I like Wanda Vision, and or, well, sorry, Wanda Vision. I like uh, comic book stuff. So going to talk about Wanda Vision and the whole nine episodes of that. Uh, my viewpoints and the MCU in general. And then uh, Supercross is going to be in Texas on Saturday. So I will have a review pod on that. NHRA, first race of the season, review pod on that. Uh, Upcoming, obviously, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, going to have a review on that. Future Mortal Kombat movie, review on that. So lots of podcasts coming up. Obviously, I'm doing this for free, but uh, obviously this is going to... it's like doing this because it's this is also it, it's fun to do podcasts because it, it's just I I just it, you know it's what I went to school for many many years ago and it's it's just fun for me to do so everybody thank you for listening and have a good night